Welcome to the Boost Your Boutique Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Benson, corporate merchant turned boutique owner turned consultant. I want you to start, grow, and scale your boutique business right here with me. If you're ready to master your mindset, margins, and marketing, you're in the right place. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Boost Your Boutique Podcast. I'm Emily Benson. I'm excited to be here with you today. I'm recording on the fly again. I kind of like doing it. And we're getting set up with a studio so that I can do more video recording when I do these on the fly things and when I do like pre-planned content, things like that. Uh, But for the meantime, I'm kind of wrapping up October here with... Uh, just here's what I want to talk about right now. (laughs) I think it's really important for this time of year, especially for me to be as up to date as possible with kind of like what's trending, what I'm seeing across the board, like all these different trends things, they become really important. Like it's one thing to say like, oh, you know, yeah, there's the fundamentals of having a boutique business and what that looks like. But there's also these things that just happen over time that like you have to address. You have to be in a place where you know what's going on. Like we're seeing things like TikTok shop take off. And I'm seeing a lot of graphic tees over there. I'm seeing um, Katrina DeMille. I think I'm saying that right. Going live every day with like different brands. She is just crushing it over there. I like know her from a distance, but she's over there. And like I would say, she is definitely a trendsetter around boutique land. Like she's a thought leader. She's a really interesting person because she comes at it from a really unique angle. And she's out there going live every day. And I thought that was really interesting. And there's a lot of boutiques that are just consistently going live, either packing orders or actually selling stuff, doing live sales. I don't know how sustainable that is. And I think, you know, this is what gets me sort of into the conversation today of like, what is a quick fix? And when are we choosing to have short term versus long term thinking? And how do we just need to be a little bit more flexible about running our business? I've had a lot of good conversations lately. And I think last week I talked a little bit about this, but we have some clients going through programs and and things right now who are doing quite well. And they're doing well in different ways. And I think it's important because I think it's important to know that there's no one path to success. Now, are there fundamentals that are like based in math, science, like doing the right calculations for things? Yeah. Okay. Like that's not going to change. But there's a lot around us changing right now. And I think there's this adoption of either this like hustle, hustle, hustle mindset or like totally the other way of like self-care and like charge what you're worth because it's you, you know? And like, I love that. Listen, like that's cool. But also there is like supply and demand. There is like, um, you know, systems and processes that make things more uh, in demand than other things not just like what are they worth and what is the cost and you know there's there's a lot of factors i think in boutique land what's been happening is there's been some quick fixes or people who've started businesses really quickly and maybe seen some success but this is where the short and long term thinking in my mind happens because you have to be on the pulse and you also have to be thinking long term so one of the conversations that has been floating around me for a couple years now, and part of it's because of my own personal journey, just 
trying to find clothes that fit for all my different body sizes and shapes. And I'm six foot two or six foot one, like I'm over six feet tall. This is what's like led me into wanting to have a boutique and work in the fashion industry was that it's interesting and it's something that challenged me. Size inclusivity has been something that we have been fighting for from vendors, from brands for so long. This is something that you know, we want more cute clothes and inclusive sizing, period. And there's been incredible leaders in the industry who are challenging the status quo, who are pushing the boundaries. And frankly, there's a lot of people who've said, I'm just going to make my own stuff in that size um, because the vendors that we usually work with in boutique land just aren't addressing that. Now, what's interesting is we do see plus size sell when it's modeled correctly, when it's marketed correctly, when you build a community around it. Okay. But it's really interesting because I've heard from a few people and now this is just like a little chatter, maybe in other like places, there's been more conversation about this, but it's interesting how many people, women are going on Ozempic and Wigovi and, you know, I think everyone just says like, oh, Ozempic, right? There's a lot of people that are on that medication or varying degrees of some sort of weight loss, PCOS. I mean, we know it treats like so many things, okay? So it's not even something that is necessarily meant for weight loss, but we know that's a side effect. And what I've been hearing is that the people who were like the plus size shoppers in some people's stores now we're like in a size large or medium. And so they've like lost their... I laugh because it's like, oh my gosh, like... It's wild to me. It's and it, I would see this happen a lot in my own business when my ideal customer would get pregnant. They get pregnant and like they disappear, you know, and then they come back and maybe they were a different size or they were their same size, but there was always an adjustment um on sizes and I think, you know, we're just kind of again reinforcing the fact that women fluctuate sizes no matter what, whether it is, you know, something um you know, prescription-based, or it's something like you're having a baby. You know, these are things that are normal things. And that this is one of the things we have to adopt right now, I think, in our boutique land area is, is understanding that there's going to be changes happening because of all this. And while we don't want to take our eye off the ball with making sure brands and vendors have inclusive sizing, also watching our customer base, watching our size selling, seeing if we're like something's changing because this might not affect you at all. Okay. It might literally not touch you, but you might be in an area or with a certain population of people who are just like all losing weight. And like, I've seen this in articles as well. I've seen this um, across the board and, and whether it's Ozempic or other things, um, it doesn't matter. You know, I think we have to recognize that as boutique owners, we have to start being really flexible. We have to start understanding that uh, our demographic is changing kind of all the time. So while we have our ideal client, we have our ideal customer, at certain times, we're going to attract certain people. And because of cultural changes or because of um, the economy, listen, here's another varying factor, right? You cannot control the economy. You cannot control how many of your clients lose 100 pounds and like are no longer an extra large or 2XL. Now they're a large or a medium. You have no control over that, right? So one of the big things you have control over is your inventory, right? 
from the Ozempic weight loss perspective, pregnancy perspective, think about how you can start analyzing your size selling. How can you dig in to, yeah, not only what styles are selling, but also what sizes are really selling and where should you be investing and where should you maybe be adding a model or advertising something more? Now, I think the general consensus about the economy is like, no one knows what the heck is going on. (laughs) It feels like things are more expensive. But in my opinion, I think it's very state by state because I think there's some states that are more economically just better structured. There's more industry there. And so there's like, you know, the economy in certain states is definitely better than in other states. So if you run an online business or if you even run a brick and mortar, it would be really good for you to start thinking like countrywide, you know, even maybe you include Canada, Mexico. And I know I have um, people listening from those areas too, but starting to think outside the boundaries of, you know, maybe you ship to the Caribbean, maybe you start to expand where you're shipping or where you're advertising to, to encompass more people. Because for sure, one of the things we always need to be doing is attracting new people. And what I will say is that while the economy is like... (laughs) Like it's economy equals question mark. Like, what is going on? I'm not totally sure. Like, it does feel like places are spending less money or like less, you know, more money is being spent on experiences or travel or things like that. But then you see, you know, speaking of travel, you absolutely see like cruises being sold out left and right. You see like, you know, airlines being overbooked. And I mean, there's other things going on there, but you see people out and about again, right? And so it's hard to understand what is the general consensus. And this is where I zoom into like, what can I control? Because if things like, you know, body shape of my customers, um, the economy, uh, Facebook algorithms, you know, whatever we we like see in our life as a, as a variable we can't control, those are the places that we need to dig in and say, I'm not going to look at that. I'm going to know what's the best thing for me. And the best thing for me is really looking at your inventory. I think we think there's these quick fixes, um, but to grow and scale a boutique business, it really benefits from time and consistent effort. And I'm always going to say that. I'm always going to say that if you show up every day with something, if you show up three times a day with something, that doesn't mean like go live three times a day. But if you're sending an email, sending a text, doing an app notification, all of these things, these are touch points with your customers. The more they see it, the more top of mind that you are, the more they get closer to buying. You know, 2% of people buy on their first contact with you. 2%, that's nothing. So every 100 people that hit your site, that, you know, see something, only 2% of those people might buy on the first, the first shot. What increases those is by adding, you know, a sense of urgency or altering the demand in some way. That could speed something up. But at the end of the day, you've got to remember, you want people discovering you all the time and you want your repeat customers. That's what it takes to scale a business because your repeat customers... They're the people that you've seen lose 100 pounds. <laughs> like they're the people you've seen have a baby and then come back. Those are your long-term people. And you want to be nurturing them just as much as you want to be introducing and setting yourself up for success with these new people that are coming your way. So I want you to consider, what are some areas of your business that you're really just thinking in the short term too much? I need to fix this quick. I need to post more. I need to make more sales. You know, there's not... 
there's not many things you can do to have a quick fix. Things you can do to have a quick fix or have, you know, a left turn or right turn, whatever, and really start to hit your stride. Those are things like posting more, doing more lives, showing up more, sending more emails, like taking different angles of pictures, putting yourself out there as much as possible. That is a short-term fix that actually might work. Short-term fixes that don't work include running a sale, uh, running a sale, um, running a sale. (laughs) That's like what most people do. They're like, I need to make money, so I'm going to run a sale. That's the worst thing you can do. You're devaluing your brand. Like, What's the reason for your sale? Like, You shouldn't run a sale to to make sales. It's, It's not quite correct. If you have to run a sale or you feel like, oh my gosh, my stuff isn't selling, look really long and hard at what do you have? What have you bought? How are you assorting it? How are you styling it? What are your tips and tricks to being able to style it differently for someone who maybe can't imagine it the way that you have it on a flat lay? Maybe they need it on a mannequin. Maybe they need it on a person. These are things that you can very quickly adjust and change that are going to be quick fixes for you. Now, long-term thinking. (laughs) Long-term thinking, I find most people don't do. Okay. We have seen um, so many people come in and they're like, I just want a quick fix now. I feel so much pressure about money. Generally, people are like, I don't have money. I'm running out of money. My loan is, you know, I've, I've used all the money that I took out as a loan and I want to start paying it back, but I can't pay it back. I'm like kind of stuck in a cycle or, you know, that could be even for a credit card, things like that. Now, What I'm going to tell you, first of all, is anything that has a lot of inventory. So if you own a lot of inventory, it may take a little bit of time to turn the ship. I always say the more inventory you have, the bigger of a boat you should imagine. So if you have a ton of inventory, you're moving a cruise ship. If you have, you know, a couple hundred dollars worth of inventory, all right, we're moving like a sailboat. It's still going to take time. You're still going to have to catch the wind, but you're not in such a spot um, that that like your inventory feels heavy and that it feels like, oh, it's going to take a little while to get through. That time and that effort that you put in every day to get through, whether it is a, a small amount or a large amount of stuff, it's going to move it. It has to, okay? This is the thing. Most people give up. We had this conversation this week in my Sky's the Limit boutique business boutique business accelerator. Um, it's a higher level course, but we have people that are kind of will come in at the, you know, they're making a couple thousand dollars, but they've just been doing it a long time. They're like, I just need your help, Emily. And we have some people that are like that. And I love those people because they want to sort of like level up. They want to know like, what is everyone making that's doing like 40K, 50K, 60K? What are they doing? Because I want to be there, you know? And so putting yourself in a room around people like that is a really interesting situation. It can do one of two things. It can inspire you. And it can also make you feel crappy (laughs) because what you realize is, oh my gosh, all these people are doing great. But really, some of it is just time. A lot of people in that room have had businesses for four, five, six years. And I think it's interesting because we forget that it takes time to build a business. In fact, uh, you know, one one of the women said... I know in parenting that I just have to get through two weeks and it will like, we'll move on from it. So like your kid's sick for two weeks. You know, that's generally the thought. They go through these phases for two weeks, which I get. Like, you know, I have almost a two-year-old. I'm I'm there. I get that. That's not what business is like though. (laughs) Business, you could slog for a couple months. 
you could slog for a year or two. You could slog for five years and then something changes and you're like, I want to adjust this. And it's just the lever that needs to shift at the right time with the right place, right? Like everything lines up and boom, you're good. If you want to have a boutique, if you're excited about your boutique, the hardest part is staying excited because when you first start and you're buying stuff and you're like getting quick wins or you're feeling good about stuff, it's really addictive. And it's really hard because you can get really addicted to the money coming in, right? You can get like, oh my gosh, like you just get high from it. Like it's so fun to make money and hear the cha-chings. Like also if you are new in these parts and you still have the cha-ching on your Shopify, turn it off. You are literally being like psychologically manipulated. Stop that. (laughs) It is so bad for your mental health. And I mean, unless it motivates you, fair enough. But I've never seen it motivate anyone. Like I have, if you're that person, write to me and tell me, be like, I I love that noise. It, you know, keeps me going. It's hard to link your success as a business owner with the amount of money you make. Because let me tell you something. I've made a lot of money in my businesses, multiple businesses, and it never... (laughs) like validated me. Like I wanted it to. I wanted it to be something that it would be like, look at me, mom, I've made all this money or, you know, like I've done all... It's not really like that though. It's not as sexy as you think it is. (laughs) It's just not. And that's the long-term thinking that I think gets us tripped up with the short-term thinking because short-term we think, oh, we're making money. Like we're we're making some here, we're making some there. And we forget like, we're going to be doing this for five or 10 years. I mean, hopefully, right? Like if you're here, like I, you know, I'm hoping you have a long life in boutique land or longer than that. I don't have a store the rest of your life. Good for you. I mean, I, I keep thinking, gosh, I'd love to open a store, but I wouldn't do clothes. I would do like garden stuff or like specialty food. I don't know. I would do something a little more specialized. That would be something that I would be interested in doing. Um, But what I would say is like, that's if you're a merchant and you love retail, that's the type of mindset you have. It's like, I'm not in this just like make a little money and then get out. This is not like a quick fix thing. And you might find that you get into boutique land and you don't like it. And that's okay too. I'm actually going to be producing in the new year a whole series on like what you can do after boutique land. So like we see a lot of people drop out in January, February, March, especially because you start to do your taxes. It's been a year, you know, you're kind of like reassessing what you want. But let me tell you something. There's so much valuable information and things that you've learned in boutique land that will help you in other ways. Or maybe you want to open up a different kind of store. Maybe, you know, like anyway, I'm producing a short series uh, in January, February time about that. Like, what if Boutique Land isn't for you? I'm calling this series Outside Boutique Land. It'll be on the podcast. So you'll see it. You'll hear it. Um, but Outside Boutique Land, like what, what could you do Outside Boutique Land that if this isn't working for you and you don't feel like this, was, like you're, this isn't meant for you? Or like for me, it was like, I don't want to do this right now. Like, I'm kind of like, I love it, but I'm a little burnt out. I need a break. You know, what's next? What could you do next to still make money, transfer some of those skills that you've learned and not feel like you failed? (laughs) That's the other thing. I want you to know, no matter where you are, like the fact that you started a business, you did not fail because look around you, everyone in the room, unless you're at like a business conference, Everyone in the room, everyone in the houses around you has never started a business and will never start a business. Like, think about that. Think about all the people in your town who you know, people in your life who've started businesses. 
that's, it's not that many. <laughs> so the fact that you've started something, gotten your EIN number, you're like paying taxes, you're selling, you're showing up, like you're doing all the things. Give yourself more credit. This is not something people do every day. The problem is, is you hang out with me and you think like everyone does this all the time. No, 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 my friend. And being an entrepreneur is not the easy path. This is part of my also like long and short-term thinking. I think you can have some quick wins. You can grow your business fast, but you have to also think long-term. You have to set yourself up for the long run. And that's like what a big piece of what I try to do with any client who works with me is get them to a place where, yes, we fix the short-term things. What are things like levers? I always talk about levers or like switches that can be turned in certain ways where like we can get some quick, quick wins. We can make you more profitable. We can fix your inventory. We can help you get through old inventory. We can help you market differently. Maybe run some Facebook ads. Like there's a lot of options, okay, for quick fixes. That will work, okay? There's definitely quick fixes that will not work or like are claimed to be quick, quick fixes and are not. But part of being in that is being in a short-term mindset, which is helpful sometimes. But I also want you once a week, twice a week to think, how is this affecting my long-term? What is this doing to me in the long-term? Is it helping me? Is it hurting me? If it's hurting you and you're like, even with, even with the way that you're thinking about your business, about yourself, about what you've created. If you're thinking negatively, guess what? You, your long-term is going to be tough. Your short-term already is tough because you, you're in this situation. Your long-term is going to be even harder. You've got to get yourself back on a positive mindset. You've got to get yourself back believing that there's more for you and that the long-term is for you. What I know being in business, like... I don't know. I wouldn't say on and off. I've always like had a business. We've never like closed, you know, we've, yes, we have closed businesses in a way, but like we always had one already open again. Um, and I say we, like it's more than me. It's just me and, you know, lawyer, accountant, husband. <laughs> We're just doing the thing over here, you know? And I think that's the cool part about having a business. I think you have so much opportunity and I'll continue to talk about this because if you are worried about the economy, then stop putting your fate in your employer's hands. You have the opportunity, if this is something you want to do, or if you want to start any business, I don't care. Like if you want to start a car wash business, if you want to start, I mean, an Ace, my, my husband's all about Ace Hardware. We should start an Ace Hardware, Emily. <laughs> I'm not there. Um, but like, it's fun to look at that business model. It's fun to explore. Like It's fun to go to my local Ace Hardware and be like, okay, it's a lot of SKUs. It's <laughs> a lot of employees here. It's a big business, you know. But think outside the box. Like I had a conversation a few months ago with a client and she said, I said, well, we were talking about selling her business. She was like, you know, what do you think about selling a business? And honestly, I don't think your business is worth much to anyone else but you. I think, you know, obviously there's the value of like your brand kind of, their inventory, obviously. But you know, I, it's unclear to me how a business that makes under a million dollars a year is like really saleable. It's kind of like you've got to make a million, five million, 10 million. Maybe then you're like in a place to have investors or put it up for sale, whatever, sell it to private equity. I think it has to be a little higher than that. But, you know, if you're doing half a million a year, 750, like, why not just keep it open? <laughs> this is what I said to her. So why not just keep it open? And maybe you take some of your money and invest in a different business. I was like, what would you want to, you know, if you were to open a different business, like you don't, you've already said you don't want to open another location. That's not like 
what you're excited to do. You want to do something new. Okay. Well, so like, what do you want to do? And she was like, I want to open a nothing bun cake, nothing but cake, bun cakes, you know, the franchise. And I was like, do it. What do it? Absolutely. Because when you start businesses, you realize how much flexibility you have. Like, I can never go back to a real job. I'm sorry. I could probably do corporate consulting. But the fact that I'm at home listening to my daughter scream before she goes to bed is like terrifying and also very sweet because I get to have flexibility to be here. You know, there's obviously like issues with getting work done and things like that. Um, But I wouldn't trade it in the world. I don't want to commute. I don't want to have a boss. I don't want to hope that someone puts my paycheck in. I want to know I have control over my financial future. And I think that's the long-term thinking that a lot of us need to start to shift to, especially as we move into 2024. There's going to be a lot of you who, again, decide like this is not for you in the next three to six months. And that's okay. First of all, I want to tell you, that's okay. You could come into Boutique Land for five years, 10 years, a year, and six months. I don't mean whatever, a month. Give it longer than a month. Give yourself six months. Give yourself a year. You know, give yourself time to really put the effort in, put the time in, learn what you need to learn, and show up in the way that you deserve to show up for yourself in this business. Now, whatever your decision is, make sure you're baking in what that life looks like for you. The long term thinking of, okay, I started my business in 2023 and it's going pretty well. I'm doing like 2000 a month, 5000 a month, 6000 a month. Maybe you're somewhere there. Maybe you're at like 15, 20. I don't know. But you're at a place where you're like, okay, things are working. Things are going well. So what's next? Start to ask yourself that. Like, what are the things that you want to be good at and better at in 2024? And start to think about that now. Start to figure out where do you want to address trends? You know, where... I'm going to have some people on the podcast, but I, you know, I think a lot of us need to consider other product lines. Um, I think we all need to consider thrift, consignment. Like, there's uh, so many things out there that I think um, are opportunities, and they're not for everyone. This is not me being like, go add, you know, consignment to your store. No, 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 no. no. Um, but I think that for some people who feel creative and feel like they want to do some new stuff, there are options for sure to add to your business or even just to start a new business again. That said, I hope this episode finds you well. If you haven't yet left a rating or review, I would love for you to do that here on the podcast. Uh, I'm trying to get to a million downloads soon here. And I really would love to be at like four or 500 reviews. That would be so amazing. So if you could... uh, Give me a rating or review down below. Um, just come back on your phone. Do that quick. I would really appreciate it. Okay. Um, next week, we're going to start a new series. It's all about how what you need to be doing in the last 60 days of the year for your business. We're going to address it from a couple different places. We're going to look at it from um, mindset, margins, and marketing perspective. And I'm going to be really clear about level-wise like what you should be doing. So if you're just starting out, what's you know the big focus for you? If you're growing or scaling, how do you take what you're doing this year and translate it into 2024 um, and wrap up the year in a really good place for everyone? So that series will be starting next week. I'm so excited that you are here. I hope that you've liked these like episodes, even though they're just audio for now. 
uh, I hope that you've enjoyed them because sometimes it's just easier for me to get my thoughts out without having to do my hair. So (laughs) thank you for the grace. And I can't wait to talk to you soon. Have a great day. Here's to making lots of friends and making lots of money.